You're listening to Dental Talk from VivaLearning.com. Thanks for joining us for this Viva podcast. Today we'll be discussing paste-to-paste resin-modified glass animal cements and their use in restorations. Our guest and expert on the topic is Dr. Chad Duplantis. He has been in practice since 2000 in North Fort Worth, Texas, and he treats patients of all ages and emphasizes his practice on restorative and aesthetic dentistry. Dr. Duplantis, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Well, Phil, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, so um, we're talking today about RMGIs, which are involved in a lot of procedures in dentistry. So my first question is, what are your thoughts when choosing a cement for indirect restorations? You know, it's a great question, and I think it's uh, very misunderstood in dentistry, but it really depends on a couple of things. I think we've got to look at the type of restoration that's, you know, in question as to what we're placing in our patient's mouth. And we also need to look at the preparation design. So in our practice, we go through a series of checks and balances to try and make it pretty foolproof. We even have cementation charts that we have in the practice so that the staff is on board with what we're doing. And, you know, when I'm doing an Emax or a lithium disilicate restoration, as well as translucent zirconia restorations, I want a cement that is either translucent or that I could slightly alter or modify the color of that restoration. So on the more translucent restorations, I'm going to use a resin cement, whether it's self-adhesive or adhesive resin. If it's a retentive preparation and I'm doing like zirconia or a less translucent restoration, my go-to these days is going to be a resin-modified glass ionomer. The thought process on zirconia restorations and on restorations in general has really changed. And uh, resin-modified glass ionomers had been misused for a number of years, and we're starting to find out that they're actually great cements. So you mentioned that for the zirconia restorations, you're using resin-modified glass ionomers pretty much solely for that? You know, that's really my go-to. Um, and, and I guess I should recap that a little bit and say that if it's a retentive preparation, I'm using resin-modified glass ionomers. If it's a non-retentive preparation, the facts are I'm probably not going to be using zirconia. However, if I am using zirconia, I'm going to go to an adhesive resin cement. Right. That makes total sense. So how do most dentists, generally speaking, the corner dentist, use resin-modified glass ionomers or cements in their practice? You know, I think that's a great question. And going back uh, to something that I said a little bit earlier is that I think glass ionomers are somewhat misused or misunderstood in dentistry. The difference is that a lot of dentists, you know, think that they still have the same characteristics as the traditional glass ionomers, which was the very first cement that we actually had a little bit of adhesion with. However, modifying this with resin there's more adhesion due to the acidic monomers in the cement. So there is actually a pretty decent adhesion in a resin-modified glass ionomer cement. So in a lot of instances, you know, we're utilizing a universal cement, which is most times a self-adhesive resin cement. And in fact, if we start looking at some of these newer resin-modified glass ionomers, we're noticing that the adhesive effect is comparable to that of the self-adhesive resin cements. So in addition, if we go with a resin-modified glass ionomer versus a quote-unquote universal cement, we're going to have a less chance of sensitivity 
in the tooth, which has been a problem with some of the adhesive cements due to the technique sensitivity and the acidity of the adhesive cements. Really, I think resin-modified glass ionomer, albeit somewhat misused, is a great cement if you have a retentive preparation. It improves efficiency. It decreases sensitivity. There's no silane necessary, so it's beneficial in both efficiency and cost for the practice to utilize uh, RMGI. For the new dentist that's coming out, is it somewhat uh, difficult for them to ascertain what the the definition of a retentive restoration is? I mean, is there some sort of guideline as far as how many millimeters of abutment you need, uh, including subgingival, to to define it as a retentive preparation? I guess it's parallelism. Could you briefly tell us about that? Sure. You know, um, when when we look at retention. A lot of dentists think that retention is a property of the cement. And it's a great question that you asked because retention is actually a property of the preparation. And there's a guideline that I've used for years. And, you know, what what I like to follow is that, you know, an ideal taper of a restoration or a preparation, I should say, is no more than five to six degrees. And as far as axial wall height, you want an axial wall height of three to four millimeters at a minimum. If you adhere to both of those parameters, then in essence, you truly have a retentive preparation. However, you could also incorporate retention into a preparation through boxes and grooves and, you know, just make sure that whatever you're doing doesn't create undercuts or alter the uh, path of insertion for a restoration. And adherence to those principles you will have a retentive preparation. Yes. So if some inventor came out with some kit with uh, resin-modified glass ionomers, cement, and then they had the uh, typical resin adhesive cements, and they had diagrams of the prep and all the criteria you just talked about, it's just like, for this one, you got to use this cement. For this one, I mean, a little cookbook, but for new dentists coming out, it could improve success with some of the restorations that are being cemented in the mouth. But I think down the road, with more advanced RMGIs, they may be a go-to cement for almost everything, you know. I think you're. I think you're absolutely right. And you know, the facts are is that you you said something very profound. That if there was a cookbook, and there is a cookbook out there, <clears throat> it's just a matter as of us as busy clinicians. We sometimes don't don't take the time to take a step back and read the d- directions, read the indications, and understand the properties of the cements that are available. And if we took the time to do that, our, our clinical acumen would improve greatly. Um, and and I'm at times guilty of that as well. But I think that we would find that there are much more indications for resin-modified glass ionomer um, than, than previously thought. Mm-hmm. Is that cookbook sold on Amazon or probably not, right? I think we have to dig through some of our journals to find okay. that cookbook, right. but it's yeah. it's been written several times. The one cookbook that's not on Amazon, yeah. The, the, yeah, exactly. The resin modified glass ionomer versus uh, resin adhesion. How has RMGIs fit into your cementation routine in your practice? You know, um, based upon some of our previous uh, questions and some of the things that, that we've discussed, um, I was one of those dentists that misused or not necessarily misused, but misunderstood RMGIs for a long time. And I think that the more I've learned about them, I've found that I'm using them more and more. And, you know, I really, I I really find that I'm using resin modified glass ionomers and adhesive resin cements 
and I'm probably splitting that probably 50-50 at this point in time. And the cements that I've used less and less of in my practice are the self-adhesive resin cements. And the reason being is that I've found out that the, or I've, I've come to find that the resin modified glass ionomers provide an adequate amount of adhesion to the tooth. If I'm worried about adhesion due to retention, I'm going to go to an adhesive resin cement. Oh, that makes total sense. So are there any RMGIs um, that differentiate themselves from the other traditional cements? And, and possibly if you'd want to share what, what you like in your office, uh, you don't have to, but our listeners are always interested in what the KOLs use. Yeah, so, um, you know, really one of the resin-modified glass ionomer cements that I've been using a great deal of lately is Miron Plus QM from Voco. And one of the reasons that I really like it is because it's easy to use, it's easy to deliver, it's easy to clean up. But what I'm noticing is that the bond strengths compared to some of the other resin-modified glass ionomers on the market, are the bond strengths are actually relatively impressive. And once again, it's extremely impressive even compared to the previous self-adhesive resins that I had been using in my practice. Uh, since we've been using it, we have just had minimal sensitivity. So I've found that it's just worked really great in our practice and it's kind of become our go-to. And, and that's called Marin Plus QM. Did I say that right? Marin, or Marin Plus QM. Yes. Okay. Do you think that's, that's how I'd say it. yeah, is that one of the, I wouldn't say trendier, but is that one of the uh, more advanced RMGIs that I was mentioning that are moving to the next level where the retentive characteristics and physical properties are reaching that of, um, you know, self-adhesive resin systems, and it also has all its benefits as an RMGI? As far as I've seen, it is it is definitely trendy. It's relatively new. It's been on the market, you know, I, I'm going to venture to say a few months at this point in time. Um, and one of the things that's really nice about it that is that I really like the way that the self-adhesive resin cements or the quote-unquote universal cements had handled in our office. And this cement handles very similarly. And I also like the fact that it is, you know, dual cure. So the light does activate the set and allows it to clean up relatively easily. So I feel that as far as, you know, what made us efficient by using a quote unquote universal cement, uh, we haven't lost any bit of efficiency with the Muron Plus. We'd ha we've actually gained a little bit since we're not having sensitivity issues. Nice. Yeah. And I think that product is sold through distribution. Uh, and the, the manufacturer of that product is Voco, which is um, they sell through uh, they don't sell through all dealers, but they sell through, I think, the three major dealers, Shine, Patterson and Banco. So if I believe you're right. Yeah. And they uh, these companies, not only Voco, but other companies like 3M, uh, who also has great products, they, they have samples that you can uh, request. So feel free to um, there's no reason to buy something until you try it. So feel free to reach out to either your local rep or, or the manufacturer themselves and, and request a sample. You can go to the, their website, I believe. That was great information, Dr. DePlantis. And we've covered information that I think dentists should understand as far as not being locked into one particular cement and, and understanding that someone like you who's, who has great clinical experience is kind of uh, splitting it down the middle as far as uh, resin-modified glass onomers and the typical uh, resin cements. So that was very interesting information. It was a pleasure to have you, and we hope to have you on a new podcast coming up soon. All right. Thank you very much. Appreciate it.